0: Hi, I'm Sam Kindervater, Manager of Educational Programs at McWayne Science Center. Oil has certainly been in the news this summer, and I would like to talk today about how oil forms. Now the first thing I want to do is clear up a common misconception. We know that oil is a fossil fuel, and a lot of times people think that if it's a fossil fuel it must come from dinosaurs. That sometime in the past, millions of years ago, dinosaurs died, got buried, and turned into oil. Well, that's not really the case. In fact, oil forms from very small organisms found in the ocean called plankton. There never were enough dinosaurs on Earth to account for the volumes of oil that we've extracted from the ground and that we use every day. So today I want to talk a little bit about what plankton are and how they're important and how they turn into oil. Plankton, as I said, are typically small organisms that live in the very uppermost part of the ocean, what's called the photic zone, the upper about hundred meters of the ocean. They can be divided basically into two groups. There are phytoplankton, which are plant-like plankton, and they produce their own energy, produce their own food from sunlight. They photosynthesize. And the second group are called zooplankton, and they're animal-like plankton, and they actually feed on the phytoplankton. So both types of plankton have to really remain up toward the surface where sunlight reaches into the ocean. Number one, so that the phytoplankton can photosynthesize and produce their own energy, their own food. And then the zooplankton need to be there so that they're close to their food source. Plankton are very, very important to our planet and to the oceans. They form the very base of the ocean food chain. And they also, the phytoplankton, during the process of photosynthesis, release oxygen. So they're responsible for much of the oxygen that's in our atmosphere. There's an incredible amount of biomass of plankton in the oceans. And when plankton die, they then sink to the bottom of the ocean and they get buried by sediments. And then over millions of years, the organic compounds in the plankton are transformed into hydrocarbons and what we now know as oil. And this is the process by which really all of the oil that we have on earth is formed. And that's another reason that oil and other fossil fuels are considered non-renewable resources because the process of transforming the organic compounds in the living plankton after they die into oil and other hydrocarbons. takes millions and millions of years, so it's not renewable on a human lifespan scale. Now plankton come in many different forms. Um, Some of them are very simple and some of them have very complicated body structures and basically they're incorporating strategies to help them remain in that upper part of the water column. They typically move and are carried along by currents in the ocean and sometimes they can even be cycled through depths. They may, um, during different parts of the day, because of currents in the ocean, be carried down to depth and then carried back up through the water column, back up toward the light at the surface. I have an activity here today that you could do in your classroom with your students to help them get a better understanding of um, plankton and what plankton do to help stay in that upper part of the ocean water column. And this uses very simple materials that you may already have in your classroom or that you can very easily get at a local store. And I have some of them laid out here today. And it's kind of fun. It's a very open-ended activity. Uh, Really, you can discuss different types of plankton with your students, show them some different pictures of the different types of Uh, skeletal architecture of the plankton and then have them design their own. So we use materials like pipe cleaners. We we happen to have sparkly ones here. These are small metal washers they might find at a hardware store. We have straws and also coffee stirrers. We have popsicle sticks. Paper clips, and you could get various sizes, little foam balls, some small styrofoam balls. Toothpicks are a good thing to use. Little pieces of craft foam cut into various shapes. Corks that you might be able to get, again, from a grocery store or from a wine bottle or any type of cork material. And then some bubble wrap. Basically, the challenge for the students is to create an organism, to create a model plankton that really neither floats nor sinks, that stays just below the surface of the water. Another challenge that you could do is have your students work together in groups and have them create the model plankton that sinks most slowly and using the various materials that we have. And I've put together a couple of models beforehand using some of the materials that we had and you can see that right now both of these models uh, and another thing you'll need obviously is a tank of water to test the plankton models in but you can see that both of these float pretty easily right now so the challenge is to remove enough materials so that um, they will just barely sink or sink very slowly so I'm gonna start by just breaking off a little piece of one of the toothpicks And we'll see if that helps. And we'll put that back in there. And now you can see that that model, I removed just less than a quarter of an inch of the toothpick. And it it sank to the bottom. But it did sink fairly slowly. So that might be a good example of how to work this. And on our other piece, we can do something like um, add another paperclip to it. We'll just put that right on the top, and we'll see it may continue to float, but we'll see what happens. And there we go, that one also sinks slowly. So I hope that you find this a helpful activity and a helpful resource for your classroom when talking about recent events in the Gulf of Mexico. Thank you very much.